Welcome to Friday's show. We got a humdinger for you today. Okay. That's right. Marin Morris will be on later. Let me welcome in all my friends. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Hey, yesterday, Lunchbox had an idea to book reservations for Valentine's Day and then uh, sell them to people who need a reservation for Valentine's Day. We got some calls first before we hop into some news that Mike D has gathered about this. Uh, here is Maria from Massachusetts. I don't agree with many of Lunchbox's ideas, but this reservation business is brilliant. Thank you. Finally, <laughs> finally someone sees me as brilliant. Number two. Aww. Hey, Lunchbox's idea about the credit cards and reservations. He may want to check with the police department because I believe that's listed under fraud. But uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> How is that fraud? Can you just double check. Yeah, call him up and be like, hey, is this fraud <laughs> what yeah. I'm currently doing? Yes. Record it. Yeah, don't say like, if you do this, is it fraud? Uh. Be like, I'm currently doing this. Is it fraud? Oh. <laughs> okay. And I'll then call. just see what happens. This- <laughs> I'll call them. And, uh, not 911, but the other right. number. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike D. Mike D's done some research. He's our, our research head writer here. What did you find out? That was actually the first thing I looked up. Is it fraud? Mm-hmm. No stories about it being fraud. Yeah! Okay. But there was another guy who did this back in 2015 in San Francisco, but he was selling them for $29. He would post them on Craigslist, and he got shut down by the restaurants. Oh. They found out about his scheme and then canceled all his reservations. There have been other apps that have done this, but no one's been successful. So you're telling me this has been happening a lot. It's been happening. He didn't create this idea. No, and it hasn't worked for anybody. Well, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people that tried the automobile and it didn't work. And guess what? What? Henry T. Ford, he got it to work. Uh There are things, people fail all the time, but you just never give up. One person has to get it. Like the wheel of a car or a wheel of a bicycle. You don't think there was many versions, then finally someone got it right? Maybe I'm the one that's going to get it right. Because you're doing nothing different. But they didn't have the clout that I have. They didn't have the reach. That's why they weren't getting successful. Mm-hmm. You should do it like a TED Talk on business. Thank yeah. you. Inspiring. <laughs> Very inspiring. Um, Morgan, did you decide to get in or out with him? Oh, no. He didn't accept. I mean, I, He I'm, didn't accept. No, he didn't. No, she like wanted 60%. Offer. I came up with the idea, and she wanted more than half the business. What if doing- she just gets 60% of what she puts in? No, she can do it herself. What am I talking about? You don't own anything on this. Wow. You don't own it. It's patent not your pending. idea. It's, there's no patent pending. Someone else could just do it. <laughs> Okay. Right. Have you had any buyers of your reservations? Not yet. Have you had any way to put them out? Uh, Craigslist. I know you, you that's a, are you saying that's a question? No, you're saying, have I had any ways to put them have out? Have you done Craigslist. it? Not yet. Okay. Of course. All right, let us know, buddy. Waiting closer to the dates. Okay. And you people sell them for 75 bucks? 75 bucks, but I mean, I'll take 50. Oh, he's already negotiating wow. against himself. And no one's negotiating. Wow. Yes, he started negotiating against himself already. <laughs> this guy's good. With not a single. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I can learn a lot from you, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> It is time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Good morning, Bobby. Back on Thanksgiving, my college ex and I were exchanging our standard holiday greeting texts. We generally wish each other well on holidays and birthdays. This year was different. We got to talking a bit, and it seems to me like we both have feelings for each other still without outright saying so. He lives in D.C. I'm in Florida. He has talked seriously about moving back to Florida. He asked me if I had any single friends, to which I replied that I would hope he'd give me a second chance before going after my friends, quote, jokingly, of course. He skimmed over that, but later in the conversation brought it up again that he would absolutely give me another shot if he was here. Do I tell him I still have feelings for him after 11 years, or do I... Just let it go and enjoy the conversation. Sincerely hoping for a fairy tale. 
well, you kind of already told them. You don't make that joke unless that's a, there's some reality to it. Yeah. So, one, you kind of told him he maybe dense and didn't get it or have maybe thought you were joking. But if he's going to move back and you're both single and you want to, why not do, try it again? Yeah. It probably won't work, but that's okay. Why not? Then, then you won't live a life of going like, I wonder if it would have worked. Yeah, why do you say it probably, well, yeah, probably won't not. work? Because most things don't work. Most, mo- most people you date don't work. It's like one in a thousand. But what about right? most people you date that you get back together with 11 years Why'd later? Why'd you break up such a long time well, ago? Well, I'm sure they've matured. It could. You might work, but odds are it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But I would rather play that game of having low odds for it to work than play the game of, man, I really wish I would have tried again. So don't put any pressure on yourself to make it work, that you have to get married. Say, hey, if you come back, why don't we try to date a little bit and see where it goes? Don't put any pressure of it being long-term or anything serious quickly because it could get to that. You have a history. You could jump back in, and all of a sudden, you're waist deep, and it's and you're into it seriously. Like, whoa, crap! All I'm saying is, if you want to do it, do it, because you don't want to look back and go, "Dang, I wish I would have tried that." And what's going through a guy's head when he asks his ex girlfriend if she has any single friends? Probably that he wants her to go. I would. I'm totally single. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, he okay. wanted that. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. I just wanted you to say it. I want to make sure I was thinking like... Now I'll say it in Spanish. The <laughs> <laughs> and then follow by French. Uh, yes, hoping for a fairy tale. Go for it. You got nothing to lose. Absolutely nothing to lose. But don't put any extra pressure on it that since you dated before, it needs to automatically start back where you left off. Well, it shouldn't start where you left off because it left off that was bad. broken up. <laughs> yeah, but it left off at a place where you were deeper into the relationship. Mm-hmm. And college. Uh, there you go. Uh, we solved that one pretty easy. All right, close up the mailbag. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Fun Fact Friday. The most fun facts of the week as curated by our own Amy. Number five. Looking into each other's eyes can make strangers fall in love. I don't believe that. Why? I don't believe. Have you ever tried it? Just staring. Well, no, but I would go to jail. You can't just stare in strangers' eyes because they're not going to stare back unless you force them to. It has been proven that when someone is gazing at you, the person's body produces a chemical called phenomenon, which is associated um, with a fight-or-flight response. And if you continue to look, Cupid's arrow. But I'm telling you, you won't fall in love. You can't fall in love. You don't even know the person. Love is... An understanding of even through their faults, you still find joy, passion, strength. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Not staring in someone's so eyeballs. Quote that. Okay, okay, next. Number four. You know those grooves in the road, like when you veer off it goes yeah. to wake you up or whatever? Well, on Route 66, those grooves play America the Beautiful. I'm gonna stop it. Yeah. How? New Mexico's Department of Transportation, they decided to, you know, spice things up a little bit. And um, there's a stretch between Albuquerque and Tirejas where if you play, if you ride on the grooves the whole ride, <laughs> Going 45 <laughs> miles an hour, you will hear America oh. the Beautiful through your tires. Oh, beautiful, spacious skies. Is it Ray Charles' version? Because that one's amber, good. Do the grooves while I do it. For amber waves of rain, oh, purple mountain majesties oh, above the fruited plain. You've already crashed. Well, <laughs> <laughs> You're already off the road. No, I think that's all of our listeners hearing that bit. All right, next. Three. There are 96 bags of, you know, 
stuff from people's bodies, like astronauts, like pee, etc., on the moon. They just leave them up there? Yeah, they have to. Well, they need to do one of those adopted highways on the moon. That's right. Where people will come and clean it up. (laughs) Can't litter on the sign. That's not actually a plan. Like, they don't all do it. But astronauts from Apollo missions, some of them have left it all up there to reduce weight in their shuttles so they could bring back moon rocks and core samples and stuff like that. So they just have to kind of like leave there once they weigh things. Number two. I have nothing to say about that one. (laughs) If you got into your car, speaking of space, and turned on the ignition and drove Straight up, just going 60 miles per hour, it would only take one hour to get to outer space. To outer space, like to break through to, yeah. the atmosphere, yeah. ozone. Probably not to get to the moon, but yeah. yeah like well, you just talked about the moon, so I immediately <laughs> thought that's where you were going. No, I just said outer space. Okay, got it. And number one. The phrase cut to the chase comes from the silent film era when movies were usually long love stories that ended with a thrilling chase scene. So when people would say cut to the chase, it literally meant skip all the boring details, get to the exciting part. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. Fun fact Friday. Bobby Bonchon. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 second skinny. Maddie and Tay's new album, Through the Madness, volume one is out today. Here's a clip of their new song, Don't Make Her Look Dumb, featuring Morgan Stapleton. Church announced a new six-story bar, restaurant, and live entertainment space set for downtown Nashville, Tennessee. It will be called Chiefs and sit at the corner of 2nd Avenue and Broadway. The new spot will open sometime in 2023. The nominees for the iHeartRadio Music Awards were announced. Luke Combs, Thomas Rhett, Miranda Lambert, Luke Bryan, and Jason Aldean are all up for Country Artist of the Year. You can see the complete list of country nominees at bobbybones.com. The show airs March 22nd on Fox. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. So a group of passionate Peloton riders all got together to have dinner together in Minden, Massachusetts, and they left their waiter a $4,000 tip. Dang. Good. This is good news for Peloton mm-hmm. because everything else has been bad news <laughs> for Peloton. Right. First of all, they're, you know, I was reading like their stock has like plummeted because during the pandemic, everybody was trying to get one because they couldn't go to the gym. But now everybody's going to the gym and it's been crashing. Man. Secondly... Something on the Sex and the City remake happened. Don't know. And then there's another show, Billions, where somebody had a heart attack on a Peloton. So it's been nonstop bad press for them. Wow. They did that on Billions? Yeah. yeah. And Peloton Spoiler said alert. they didn't ask. Uh, I didn't say who, and I don't even watch Billions. So you, But you also <laughs> you don't know what happened on the Sex and the City one? No. I don't know anything. You want I mean, me to tell you? No, but not if it's going to irritate our listeners. It's, it, listen, if they haven't heard this by now, I won't say who, you but. You haven't heard <laughs> this by now. <laughs> It, it's is this also, a spoiler alert? No, but it uh, it is also heart attack related. Go ahead. That's what I'm just going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. But yeah, that's didn't two. Tell us anything. Yeah, well, you said nothing. You said something happened on a Peloton. I don't know yeah. what. And someone had a heart attack. Well, this is good news for Peloton. <laughs> I forgot. Also, they had a story where like a dog and a person died, right? Kid. Yeah. And they have to put um, a code in. Yeah. 
But hey, good for Peloton. Hey, they, they that, left a big tip. tip. That's a big tip. Peloton did. Well, it's not actually Peloton. It's yeah, a group yeah. of passionate Peloton <laughs> riders good that got them. together to eat. I still and- I have a bike. I ride the bike. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The servers were obviously all super excited and very grateful. There you go. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. It's time to play Easy Trivia. Eddie has put his tiara on already. Oh, it's my oh thinking my tiara. <sighs> if you win this one, you're the champ again. Come oh on. Already? He's got four wins. Yeah, hey, Bones. In a short season. Bones, do we want to end the game today? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Easy Trivia. Questions at an elementary school level. Eddie is on his way for the first ever three-peat. <laughs> By the way, nobody's ever won the game but That's Eddie. That's ridiculous. Okay, Eddie, you want to hear this sound at the end of the game. Ah, it's beautiful. The rest of you don't want to hear this sound. You've been boned. The goal is not to get boned. Amy, ready? Ready. Easy trivia. Yes. What bird represents freedom in the United States? The eagle. Correct. Lunchbox, what's the cowboy's name in Toy Story? Uh, cowboy. Oh, it's Woody. Correct. Eddie, what superhero is known as the Dark Knight? That's Batman. Correct. Morgan, what's the capital of the USA? Washington, D.C. That's correct. Nice job, everybody. Yeah. Got through the first round. Come on, Amy, M2, and me. Focus. <laughs> and me. Like, focus. focus. Like, pay attention. We got this. Amy, what country is the Eiffel Tower? Um, that is in the country of France. Correct. Oof. Lunchbox. Yep. Which is the largest star in the solar system? In our solar system, what's the largest star? Uh, the moon. That is. Amy, <laughs> why do you make that face? I have no idea. You don't know? I mean, obviously. You've been booed. <laughs> The, first of all, the moon is not a star. No, I mean, the, the moon know. is no. the moon. Well, the moon. How do I know what the star is? The sun. The sun. It's the pretty brightest big, man. thing that keeps us like give, keeps us alive. It's hot too. Amy's but, face wait, looks like when you eat the most the sour candy. She went. When wait, as wait. soon as he said moon, she went. Mm. <laughs> Hold on. The sun is a star, and it comes out during the day. Yeah. I thought stars were at night. No, it's always the sun out. is a star, but the Earth turns. We rotate. Oh yeah, yeah. It gets farther from it, and then turns away from it into it. That's night and winter. So what is the moon? The moon's not a star? It's a moon. It's a moon. Yeah, I don't know what they call moon. it. I know you're fighting for the moon, no, no, but there's I, no I, possible I, way I would reverse I'm, I'm very answer. confused because they do the same thing. What's that? The they moon do doesn't light the us up. The moon doesn't light us, doesn't allow heat. Vitamin D? Yeah. Well, but but I mean, a, a star doesn't give me vitamin D at night. I look at the stars, the Big Dipper, and I've never got vitamin clear, D from Because the- they're little. The big one gives it to you. The sun. But why would I'm so Okay, confused. he's been boned. Yeah. He's been boned. You've I'm, been boned. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Go study it. Study while we play the game. <laughs> Eddie, the mixture of red and yellow makes mm. what color? Red and yellow makes orange. Correct. Morgan, which insect scared little Miss Muffet? What? Hey, don't be helping her over there. What are you doing, Amy? Don't be helping her, Amy. Oh. What insect scared little Miss Muffet? Who is Miss Muffet? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why? Remember, she was on the moon. You remember this? <laughs> Which is not a star. Uh, <laughs> she wasn't on the moon, by the way. Oh, no. Okay, I'll give you the first line. Little Miss Muffet set on a tuffet. Guys, I don't think I know this at all. Like, You've never oh my heard gosh. it. I... Okay, she's tough. It is it like a rhyme? I'm, I'm assuming it's maybe like a little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. 
eating her curds and whites. Cricket? Oh my gosh. You've been booed. I don't know. I don't Along know. Along came a spider. spider. Sat, sat down, down beside her. her. It scared Miss Muffet away. Yeah, guys, I, I don't M2, know that I wouldn't at all. have known that either. Don't worry. I, people always used to say it to me because my maiden name is Moffat. Well, like this, a is, kid. this is getting easy. Okay. It's down to two. <laughs> Amy and Eddie. Yep. Amy, how many years make up a century? I am going to take my time even though I know it because, like, I'm not going to mess up. A century is 100 years. Correct. Eddie, what does CST stand for in time? CST. Central Standard Time. Correct. Amy, a baby sheep is called a blank. It's a, a baby lamb? It's a lamb. It's Correct. a lamb. Correct. Wow. I didn't know that. In the same category, Eddie, a joey is a baby what? Kangaroo. Correct. <sighs> Amy, which mineral helps strengthen bones? Calcium. Correct. Eddie, what's the largest organ on the human body? <laughs> Why'd you laugh? It gets asked a lot, and, and somebody misses it every time. I think it's the skin. It is the skin. Yeah. Oh, good for you. I realize I don't breathe very well during this segment. Like I, you get nervous. Well, I don't know. I, I, I hold my breath a lot. It's down to two. Mm-hmm. Which country did pasta originate, Amy? I hope this is not a trick question. I would assume it's Italy, but like. What if it's America, randomly? Italy. Correct. Eddie, Mount Kilimanjaro <laughs> is the tallest mountain. What continent is Mount Kilimanjaro on? Kilimanjaro. Continent? Mm-hmm. Let's go Asia. It's got to be Asia. You've been... No, 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 no way! Yes. Kilimanjaro! Oh. <sighs> Amy, way to go, girl. Africa. Mm-hmm. Oh, Woo! no. Oh. Everybody lives to play another week. Oh. I'm taking my lucky oh, star. Nice good job. job. Nice job. Amy, good win there. Good job, Amy. Cheers. Your oh. next question, Amy, would have been, what color is the middle stripe in the French flag? Uh, white. That would have been correct. Well, you were on What today. you got? Eddie, your next question would have been, with which body part do snakes smell their tongue correct yeah but eddie you lost dang how did you know that i don't know because i mean it's not gonna be nose why (laughs) i don't know if they have noses they They have nose holes they do (laughs) i don't know about nose they have holes in their nose (laughs) their face uh amy's a big winner okay on the phone right now is Lori in texas hey Lori, what's going on not much morning studio morning um i was calling like i just had two things um, one, I wanted to give a shout out to Amy for recommending the, uh, show 1883. I like love that show and I wouldn't have watched that if she hadn't recommended it. But also I wanted to ask you if you ever watched Station Eleven. Yes. Watched Station Eleven. Thought it was good. Really struggled with it. I loved the idea and then I got a little lost. I was like, I don't know if I like this, but by the end, I really liked it again. So, watch Station 11. Did you? I did. Yeah. yeah. I agree. You take a, like halfway through, you're like, okay, I'm here to stay. Three and a half out of five, five uh, zombie apocalypses, except there are no there's zombies. There's no zombies. <laughs> there, but there is an apocalypse. Yes. Airports. Uh, so, there's that. And then you watch 1883 all the way through? Yeah, I'm caught up. I guess new episodes we have to wait for them to come. Yeah. Unless I've loaded it and I didn't know it, but I'm 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 in. Is it as cheesy as Yellowstone? 
No. Well, Hmm. <laughs> no, no. Because I like Yellowstone. Don't take that on the wrong way, but it's cheesy. Right, it's for not. Sure. As, and some of the acting's hokey and a little goofy. So is 1883 because it seems like it's back in a period piece. They can't really be as goofy. Right. I don't think it's as dramatic. Like there's not like a Beth situation happening. But what's interesting about it is it'll make you want to. I know how you are, Bobby. Because if it's doing it to me, I want to Google. Like I'm googling things of. How, you know, traveling back in 1883, what was it really like? Crossing the Brazos River, was it really that difficult? And, I mean, I was reading all about all journeys through Texas. So, it's interesting. All right, Lori, thank you for the call. The Show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So, a group of moms met up in Boston to scream together. This whole thing was hosted by a mental health therapist, Sarah Harmon, and she wanted to give women a healthy space to let out their anger and frustration that the pandemic has brought on. So, they uh, did five different types of yells. You want to know? Mm. Screams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first they did a normal scream. Uh. Then they did a scream using any curse word they wanted. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can't Not do doing that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Next was just a free-for-all scream. Then they did a scream for the moms who were too busy to make it to the event or were isolated because of COVID. And then finally, she encouraged them to just scream as loudly as possible. And it was super fun. They said it was hilarious. It was really good. It let out a lot of pent-up anger. All five of those sound exactly the same. I know. Yeah. Like we did five <laughs> different kind of screams. We could have just done it one time. Except for the cuss word one. Well, number five was like, and then grab bag. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Well, I've been grab bag. I, yeah, what else? <laughs> okay, so Google Trends says that the phrase, are bell bottoms back in style, is trending right now. It's actually the number one back in style search this week, followed by our fanny packs back in style. And the rest of the top five, banana clips for your hair, Uggs, and members-only jackets. Okay, here's the deal with bell-bottoms. They come back in style kind of about every four or five years, but never fully. They haven't been fully back in style where everybody wears them since the 70s. However, super cool people or risky people can always wear them every few years. Also, you're seeing a lot of fashion. Like, Uggs are really back in style again because a lot of people who, uh, like, young millennials didn't get to experience Uggs. So they're bringing them back in style. So Uggs are back in style. I don't know what the crap a banana clip is. Oh, what it's is just that? a little thing. You've probably seen Caitlin wear one. You'll yeah. notice. Uh, bring it up. Be like, oh, I like your banana clip. Thanks. And she'll go, why are you calling it that? <laughs> okay, and Target, just in case uh, you want to check out some wider leg jeans there, they just released the Extreme Flare jeans, which will get you close to that bell-bottom look if you're wanting to be on trend. And then Miranda Lambert was talking about the details behind meeting her husband. Like, we all know that they met when she was doing Good Morning America and he was doing security. But some details you may not know is that her Pistol Annie bandmates, they were kind of uh, the ones that first saw him. And they were like, hey, he's cute. We should invite him to the show for Miranda. So Miranda didn't even know behind her back. They were like, hey, come to our show tonight. Her security guard was even in on it as well. And he ended up going to the show. And then the rest was history. They later tied the knot. What's he thinking? They want me to go to a show? <laughs> well, I mean, he just showed up to do his job at Good Morning America. No, no I'm talking about, they're like, hey, we're going to invite you to the show tonight. He's uh-huh. like, why? Oh, well. Do they tell him because we want to hook you up with Miranda? Well, of course, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 obviously, yeah. Yeah, she said, I don't know. They invited him to the show behind my back. They plucked him for me. And then does he sit there and just wait to be presented? <laughs> like, okay, when she comes backstage, I'm, I'm here. It just feels like an awkward thing for him, too, to be like, all right, we're, you come and maybe she'll like you. Come sit back here and just wait and we'll see. It's risky. Miranda yeah, it's said risky. Her, her security guy went. And when he was telling her about him, said, he's here and he's pretty. 
Yeah, I get it. <laughs> he is. Uh, yeah, that, that said a lot about Eddie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm like, thing. is Eddie here? They're like, yeah, he's here and he's and pretty. He's I'm pretty. like, all right, good, good. All right, is that it? I'm Amy. That's my file. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Joseph is the principal at Woolley Elementary School in Las Vegas, and he is always there. Substitutes aren't there. Guess what? He's in the classroom. Custodian's sick. He's cleaning the hallways. Oh. Well, the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders hit him up on a Zoom call. Hey, man. playing quarterback next year? Said, <laughs> oh, that's what you think. You think he's going to get part of the team, right? And they yeah. said, listen, we know you're a huge football fan. We got you two tickets to the Super Bowl this year. Whoa! Oh, wow. that's, oh, that's awesome. cool. Yeah! That's even better than playing quarterback. Way better. <laughs> that's pretty cool. You get killed being quarterback. What's his name again? His name is Joseph, and he's the principal at Woolley Elementary School in Las Vegas. Pretty tough word to say, though, too. Woolley. Woolley. Very. <laughs> and r- Raiders. R- that's not tough. That's that's Raiders is not yeah, hard. Raiders is probably the easiest word that we say. Hey for guys, you, guys what do you call them? The, the waiters? Waiters? <laughs> yes. You ever try the, to say Las Vegas? The, That's ooh. tough. Raiders gave the guy from Ruley a ticket. Okay. <laughs> R's and W's for some people are hard. So did you call it Ruley? Ruley. It's Wooly. Wooly. Okay, Wooly. <laughs> Do you remember this song? Well, you would remember. Maybe you've heard it. Wule bule, wule bule, wule bule, tum tum, wule bule. Oh yes. Wule bule. Watch me now. Watch me now. Sing it. Sing it. Wule bule. I didn't know that was the words. Good. But I I know that. Wooly bully. Go. Okay. Wooly bully. You're out of your mind. That you're. That's not real. You're saying bully bully. Go do it again. With wooly bully. Wooly bully. Bully bully. Okay, Amy. Wooly bully. Wooly bully. That's, That's it? what I said. <laughs> no, it's not what you said. Yes, it is. She said bully bully. Well, no, that's me really. Go ahead. Go ahead. Focus. I have to focus, focus on getting the W sing and it the fast. O out. Just sing it fast. Wooly bully. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> Wooly bully. That's it. Wooly bully. bully. Hattie told Maddie. Let's not take no chance. That's not this heaven. You gotta learn to dance. Wooly bully. Take it and go. Wooly bully. Why can't you say it? That's crazy. Bully bully. Bully bully. It has to turn into moly moly after a while. All right, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Let's go over to Amy and get in the morning corny first. Here we go. The morning corny. What sound does a nut make when they sneeze? What sound does a nut make when they sneeze? Cashew! (laughs) That was the morning corny. The Friday morning conversation with Marin Morris. Marin just told me that she was given permission to say the A word coming up. Who gave you that permission? Uh, LT, um, so I'm assuming I can say it. You can say whatever you want. We didn't really do a radio edit of this song, so I'm, I might have to do one after this What could interview. she insert instead of the A word? The well, F word? No, 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 no. You're going the wrong way. No, no. Uh, okay. No, yeah. No, you have absolutely, you can say whatever you want in this show. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just wonder who's passing out coupons, because I would like to say things on this show, too, sometimes, and I'm told I can't. I know, yeah. I have a joke with the A word. What do you mean? Like, I have a morning corny saved, but it has the A word, so I haven't done it. That's good. But Maren's like cool. That's the difference in her and us. Like she has the liberty to say that. Okay, well, let me know if I ever. Maren, thank you for coming to the studio. Yeah, it's good to be here. We had this planned, uh, and then the massive snowstorm hit. And so we talked to you on the computer. Yeah, this is cooler. (laughs) 
Is it? And yeah. J- Jimmy Robbins is here. Much yes. a, very famous, much acclaimed songwriter is here. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? You uh, wrote this next song with Marin that you're gonna play. I did. And yes. so, talk to me because we've we've talked to Marin a lot, but you have written you've written a ton of songs. I could list off all the songs, but you wrote the Bones too together, right? Didn't you guys? Yeah. 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 Uh, talk for a second about Circles because who this song? How does this idea come up in a room with you guys? Well, this was your idea. Yeah. Um, you kind of came in wanting to do this. Yeah, I brought the title, but yeah. I didn't have it like fully sussed out yet. So you guys helped me with that. But yeah. I'm glad that we made it very personal to me. It was, was going to go on your record, but... It was for my record yeah. um, originally. Was there a fear of getting too personal, Miriam, where you're like, if I get so personal, people won't relate to the song if it's specifically about me? Yeah, I did have that just because I feel like we try to keep most of the songs we write more emotional than personal anecdotes. But I feel like with this one, it just didn't matter. And the second that I did the vocal for the demo, it was like, I I feel like people relate to this, even though it is so concretely about how I got to Nashville from Texas 10 years ago. But I mean, it's hard for me to say because I wrote it. I guess if you've listened to the song, let me know if you relate to it. Jimmy, when you're in a room and and an artist or someone like Mirren who you know, is known not only as a songwriter, but also uh, being a performer. If they have a direction, do you just kind of go along with it if they're just like, I got it, let's go? Yeah, I mean, I feel like my job is to help somebody tell the story they want to tell. And um, I try to be pretty fluid and pivot to whatever they're going for. So I just try to make it as good as I can. But still, at the end of the day, she has to sing it. So I could love it and she could hate it and you would never hear it. So (laughs) I need to make sure that it's what you want to say. Yeah. Do you ever just say something and then you're, you're just searching for a word that rhymes? Because I feel like that's what I would be doing. Yeah, yeah. That's like 95% of... Rhymezone.com. <laughs> buy stock. Why didn't we buy stock in Rhymezone? <clears throat> Here is Marin Morris performing her new song, Circles Around This Town. Let's do it. I swear I don't know how I trusted A Montero with the AC busted A couple bad demos on a burned CD Would take me all the way to Tennessee I showed up to the new apartment First months, last months, two deposits Hadn't heard the sound of a door slam yet Thank God I was an optimist I drove circles around this town Trying to ride circles around this town Trying to say something with meaning Something worth singing about I've been kind and I've been ruthless Yeah, I got here, but the truth is Thought when I'd hit it, it all looked different But I still got the pedal down I still get lost, I still get found Driving circles around this town Oh, yeah Marin Morris live Wow, your voice sounds really good Thank you Does it feel really strong right now? My voice? Yeah I actually kind of have like a bit of a cold that I caught from my son last week. So thank you um, for saying that. But I honestly feel like I had a cold the day I sung the final vocal. So it's just stuck around. Have you guys played this song a lot together? 
This is the yeah. second time we've run it through. Oh, right. Yeah. Since we wrote Once it. in the hallway. And then yeah. Right oh, yeah. We're, we're very honored then. Well, thank Aww. you. Jimmy's a really, I mean, I don't want to sound like shocked, but like he's a great guitar player. I mean, everyone knows him as a writer, but every time you play guitar, like Greg Kristen, my producer, is like, I am trying to replicate what Jimmy has done on this demo. So good thank job, you. bud. Thank you. Yeah. You've written, let me read some of these here. Beachin. Yeah, which it's me doing a the beer can sound on you're, beaching. You're a, yeah, oh, that's right. That's nice. a literal sound that. You, yeah, it was a Coors Light, and it was ten o'clock in the morning. <laughs> uh, the bones, which you and Marin wrote together, uh, circles around this town. Uh, let's see. I mean, there's so many. I'm not going to read them all. Uh, Half of my hometown, which mm-hmm. uh, is Kelsey and Kenny Chesney. Let's see. Uh, Thomas Rhett, you've written with Thomas. Uh, this is your life, Jimmy, so just stand by, and I'm going to read all of your songs here. <laughs> uh, sure be cool if you did. Blake Shelton. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Love Triangle. Raylan. I love Triangle. Uh, whatever she's got. We Were Us. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You're rich. That's what I'm trying to get to, Jimmy. You're rich. Hey, man. And my first number one song, I Could Use a Love Song, yeah. we, we wrote. Yep. Oh, really? So how many songs have you guys written together that have been singles? Those three? Or more than that? Is this our third? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like to say, and it'll happen someday, but I don't feel like we've written a bad song and we've written for a long time. I mean, even our like average ones are still, I still go back and listen to and like. Yeah. So we'll just keep doing it. Yeah, you're all right. What was your first number one, Jimmy? Uh, Sure be cool if you did. Uh, Blake? Yeah. What is that like, the first time you're flying up the chart as a songwriter? Dude, it was crazy. Um, I had been in music for a long time. I had had a record deal and uh, moved to New York, moved to L.A., and came here. And I had only been in Nashville for like six months. And that was one of those rare times where the song was written, got recorded two weeks later, debuted three weeks after that, and then went number one like three months after that. Oh, that's not even the real experience of uh, no. fighting up the yeah, chart. Yeah, it's wow. cheating. It's cheating. Um, but I paid my dad back uh, for all the years that he lent me money, so that was good. <laughs> the Friday Morning Conversation with Marin Morris. Hey, let me say this about Marin. On Saturday, May 7th at Austin's new arena, the Moody Center, Marin is part of our 2022 iHeart Country Festival with so many other artists. Zach Brown Band, Cody Johnson, and more. And we'll tell you more about that later. But Mira, my question for you is, with everything that you have done in the past few years, do you get nervous anymore for a performance? Yeah, I think that'll always stick around. It's just not something that I think I can ever outgrow. And I don't know why. I mean, it's just, some sometimes it's good anxiety and it just gives you the adrenaline. But then, yeah, I mean, there's just, I remember really distinctly when I did SNL, um, I was performing 80s Mercedes and in the middle of it, I blanked and you can't tell if you watch the video, like it's probably two seconds of silence from me, but I completely forgot all my lyrics and then it came back and I I didn't have a meltdown, but I mean, yeah, it's like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me, but that's always going to be around. Amy, is it comforting to you at all to know that somebody who is so good at what they do still gets nervous doing what they do? Yes. Yeah, me too. I don't feel like such an idiot. Yeah. Right? The, the fact that you still get when is Let's take SNL out of it. When is the last like huge performance and you're like, oh, man, this, this there's something on the line here? Uh, when I did the Houston Rodeo nine months pregnant, I was more nervous about going into labor um, on stage. But it was a lot of variables that evoked anxiety. I mean, the stage at the Houston Rodeo rotates and it's slow, but it's rotating and I'm 
a beach ball and I was just afraid for an hour straight that I was going to fall off this spinning stage and have my baby on (laughs) where the the cows jump around. But, um, yeah, that was probably where it was like this. There's a lot on the line here. I really need to keep the, the, the child in. How long after that show did you have your baby? It was like a week later. It was? Yeah. Was that your last show before you had the baby? Yeah. What does oh, the yeah. doctor say when you're that close to giving birth and you have something you have to do, like ha- do a concert? I had to get a doctor's note to be able to do the show and not cancel. Um, and I brought my doula with me. So that was the only way I could get my doctor to sign off on me going and doing that show. And it was like a one, you know, I didn't stay overnight. I was back in Nashville by 10 p.m. So... Yeah, it was a lot, but I'm I'm glad I did it because those photos still make me cry and laugh because I'm just so big and covered in rhinestones at the rodeo. Jimmy Robbins is here too, who is just a massive songwriter in town. Uh, wrote circles around this town with Mary, and they played it a minute ago. Jimmy, how, do you know how many number ones you have? Uh, y- yeah. I mean, it what depend- is it? It depends on your chart, but like ten. You have ten number ones. Yeah. Well, your first one we, we talked about earlier was uh, the Blake Shelton song, Sure Be Cool If You... Which one was it? Sure, uh, be, sure cool be Cool If You Did. And yeah. what is your last number one? Um, oh, uh, he's struggling. He's got so <laughs> many, he can't remember his last one. No, I think it was The Bones was the last one to go. The Bones was such a rarity because it was so massive in every lane. I would be listening to the country station... If the bone, I mean, okay, I've heard the song. Let me put the pop station. If the bone, let me yeah. put it on the AC. If the bone, the hip hop, yo, yo, yo. It's like a weird, <laughs> bone. Yeah, yeah, it's like an, all, all the different. Was that your first song? Because I know we've talked about the Marin. Is that your first song that crossed over and was a massive pop success too? Yeah, it, definitely to that level. I've had some songs on the pop charts. I did um, a song called This City for Sam Fisher, and that was on the pop charts at the same time, but not at the level of. I know that bones. song. How does that song go? Uh, city's gonna break the my city's heart. City's gonna break my heart. Yeah. The yeah. I'm singing it. It's his song, but I knew <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play that? You grabbed your guitar. Yeah, it was like... Because uh, it was me on guitar on that. That song was just the... Uh, what made it to the radio was the demo that we had done that day. And then they cut another version and went back to the one we did. Just that, like a, an Airbnb on a kitchen table in L.A. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The beer can, and then the Love Airbnb it. at a kitchen in yeah. LA. I just realized both those songs, like The Bones and The City, you're like such a fan of the hammer-on um, I only chords. I to play a couple things. Yeah, it was like, that's almost like The Bones, too. Like, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah, you got a thing. You got a thing, the tenths. Marin, after having success outside of country, do you feel like you've got to put some songs on a record that, that possibly could cross over, or do you feel like you, you don't chase that at all? I don't really chase it. Um, it's amazing if someone at the label in New York is like, I think we could work this at Hot AC or whatever, pop. But um, I don't know. After doing a song like The Middle, like I didn't go into it thinking The Bones would go to any other lane than country because I felt like The Bones was a country song. But you just don't know how listeners are going to feel. And it was just getting playlisted and different genres so I, I feel like yeah it's not something you can really chase and I personally just feel kind of fake if I do that not like shading anyone that wants to chase that down but um for me it just like never feels right to go in the room and be like okay let's write a song today but let's shop it to uh every possible genre and make sure it can wear all these 
hats. And so, yeah. But with this new record, for instance, I mean, it's 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 country. And um, but yeah, it's it's always an honor. I feel like the songs that are country that have crossed into pop are epic. I mean, like Lady A's Need You Now. Taylor Swift, like Shania Twain songs that have crossed over, um, FGL, like those songs were like massive, the ones that are able to be in both. So it's, and they're it's also cool. like doors into country music. Like that, that's my favorite part of like when, when, uh, Rascal Flatts would do it back in the day Yeah. or you, it's people discovering you and then going, well, let me see what else this is about. And then when they're seeing what else, they're also being exposed to other artists that are similar to you. And so then they get to come into our world for a bit. I like, I think it's great for the format. I do too. And I think it kind of raises the bar on everybody when there's just, cause I just don't really look at things at, at genre so much anymore. I think it's just like, does this feel good? Um, and I think that's how people listen to music. Um, for the most part, it's like, is, Oh, this isn't country enough. Well, it's like what that's so subjective at this point because it's just so many things. Um, sorry, I've had a lot of coffee this morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me finish on this. The humble quest is the name of the record that's coming out. Uh, March 25th. What's What does that mean, Humble Quest? For me personally, it's the journey to me kind of getting back to my roots. And it also felt applicable to the world because I feel like the world has been very humbled the last two years and this craziness. And so I just wanted to create something that was positive and made people feel good. And I didn't want to... Not that there's not a place for sad songs. I love them, but... I personally did not want to inject more of that into society. I wanted to put art out that was that would alleviate that, um, if that makes sense. Jimmy Robbins, you um, are, are leaving here. What do you do the rest of the day? I'm going to go write a song uh, with Brandy Clark and Sasha Sloan, and then I've got to cut a vocal on Brett Young at four, and then I've got to see my kids <laughs> that's a day yeah. to cut a vocal on someone explain that to uh, our audience what does that mean to cut a vocal uh well they'll come to my studio and sing uh, a song and generally we'll do multiple takes and i'll kind of comp it which is compiled you know pick lines here and there and brett doesn't he's a great singer so it's not what you're uh, saying is brett has to sing a song 72 times to get one take <laughs> that's what i heard 72 that's what is I heard. the average yeah, that's yeah. The comp. well Marin, always great to see you thanks for coming Thank you by soon. you definitely didn't have to but the snow got us last time i'm glad to be here it's nice to work again and jimmy great to meet you and yeah. thanks thanks for coming up we rarely get a big star that comes with a big star most big stars have ego and they're like i'm not gonna be in the same room but not you my friend humble quest right humble quest it is all right Marin morris Thomas Rett, Carrie Underwood, Zach Brown Band. And if you want to go to the show, you can enter for your chance to win a three-day, two-night trip to Austin by going to bobbybones.com. It's all up there, keyword rules, but Marin's going to be there. Thank you, guys. Thanks, y'all. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. The guy's name is Anthony Sheriff. He's known as Sheriff Drum Man. He's been performing many concerts in Los Angeles from the back of his truck for years. He's not really a sheriff. That's just his last name, right? So I don't want you guys to think he's a cop. Okay. <laughs> Anthony Sheriff. Last month, both his truck and drums were stolen from in front of his apartment. So he gets on social media. He's like, hey, anyone see my drums? Like, this is what I do. A few days later, his truck turned up, but his drums were gone. So it was his car battery, generator, lighting rig, all that he would use to do these drum concerts. Well, Metallica, the band, heard what happened and gave him a brand new drum kit. What? No way. Wow. Metallica responded with a tweet that read, We're honored to be able to help out a fellow artist. Keep the music going. Sheriff Drum Man. Well, that's cool. 
Uh, Metallica songs. Can you name any? I mean, I'm sure he could if you give me a tiny hint. Extra light. Extra light. Extra light. No, no, no. Take my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walk to, to never, never, never land. land. Yeah, yeah it's exit light. Okay. Well, enter night. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, you, know. yeah. you got it though. Or I mean. do you know? Um, Nicole Unforgiven. No. No. Do you know? I mean, you didn't really sound like him there, Bones, so it was a little hard. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else matters. They all sound the same, by the way. Now that <laughs> they I'm, all do. Now that I'm doing this. Um, sad but true. Ooh, that's a good I one. Can't, I can't say that I'm recognizing what you're you doing. You know me either, and I'm trying to sing them. I don't either. <laughs> I have to know more than just that one. It's a great story, though. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Laura Linney. Uh, well, let me say, first of all, that I'm a massive fan of not only the show, but you and a lot of your work that you've done you know, over the, the, the past amount of years. So I come to this as kind of a nerd. So just accept me for as I am. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I will. Uh, I, I'll start with um, some like overall Ozark stuff, because at the end of this, I'll ask more things that could be considered spoiler related, because we'll talk about some of the past seasons. So just the first half uh-huh. of this, we'll just talk about some of the... Um, the, the, the macro Ozark stuff, if you're okay with that. Okay, sure. So when Ozark first comes together as a project, at what point did you get involved and how did they approach you? I got a, it was, it was interesting. I think it hit, Chris Mundy was already on the show, our showrunner. Jason was already attached and was um, going to direct and produce. And then they came to me and I had met Jason a few times just over the years at various events and I didn't know him well, but I just really liked him. <laughs> and I was sort of always curious about when someone is that good and that specific in the genre that they do, m- most of the time they have a much wider uh, range than they're given credit for. And I always am curious and I love it when someone ventures outside of that and really give something completely different a go. So uh, that made the whole thing sort of, the fact that it was him, that I liked him as much as I did, um, and that he was trying something kind of daring and risky, and I could see the potential of the story. Um, I just, you know, I I wasn't looking to do a series at the time, and I remember just everything changed. I was like, okay. (laughs) Did it (laughs) come to you? I'll do that. Was it Ozark in name already, or was it, dark project based on money laundering in the mountains. Like how, how do they no, come it was to dark in the, There was a pilot that had been written um, that Bill Dubuque wrote. And then they, and then he passed the show off to uh, Chris Mundy and Chris and his team of writers uh, uh, did a little work on that pilot and, and they were off to the races and then broke the series and broke the show and, and all of that. You know, it's funny to talk so, to you in person. You have such a kind of a delightful personality speaking. I'm not used to seeing delightful from your character. <laughs> and it's almost like I'm talking to a whole different person here. It's funny. People are scared of me when I walk into restaurants now, that, that, <laughs> which I don't do very often because of COVID. But when I do go in or over the past five years, I see people flinch a little bit. And uh, it's, I, have to rem- I have to remind myself sometimes like, oh, they they think I'm that mean, nasty person on that show. The, the show does get very dark at times, <laughs> which is why I like it. Are you able to switch it off when you go home, or is it something you kind of have to live in? 
No, thankfully, I don't I don't have to live in it. For, fortunately, I've, you know, I love what I do and I but I know how to leave it at work. Can you switch off of it while shooting in a day? Like, can you, you know, all right, yeah. cut, we'll take a break and you can just remove the darkness that you're having to play and go right back well, to being normal you? I, I think you keep the concentration. You want to keep the work sort of percolating and kind of you want to stay warm. You don't want to get too far away from it, particularly if you're mid-scene. But, um, I mean, I know that I'm me and that that is not my life. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, I mean, the feelings you are feeling, you are feeling them and your body is responding as if it is really you feeling them. So there is a an altered sort of physical state that can happen. But that's the joy of, of having you know, been able to do something for a long period of time, you learn how to protect yourself in the process. There's an intensity that's maintained during the show. And I guess in the same vein of, you know, having to feel an emotion and show an emotion and stay in an emotion. If you guys take mm -hmm. a break, does the set, do you get, can you guys goof around or is there kind of a rule like, Hey, we're, we're feeling this. So let's keep feeling this because we're going to shoot again in the next 15, 20 minutes. I think there's sort of an, there's a respect and an inherent understanding of where you are in the day and where you are in the process. Um, but there's, there's a little room and you sort of follow the cue of the other actors. Like, what do they need and how do we, I mean, our crew was just divine. We just had the best group of people and they were really um, uh, considerate and respectful and, and, and could just read the room. You know, it's, it's a, that's a really good quality for anyone to have, <laughs> you know, read the room, figure out where people are in the process, help them out um, and, you know, follow people's cues. You know, having a streaming show is, is a bit different. Um, I've had a, a streaming show myself, and, and to have it exist, it feels like a wheel slowly turning until the wheel starts to roll really fast, which is different than having a show, a movie or a show like on a network. Was there a big difference in Ozark and how it took a second for it to catch on and then bam, it hit? Then when you put out a movie and people like that weekend know it's you. It's, well, what I find strange about the, the streaming is how it's just inhaled so quickly, you know, that you'll, you'll work for, I mean, this past season, we worked for over a year. It was a full year of our lives and people inhale like six months worth of work in 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Just, <laughs> you know, it, it, it isn't really slowly over time, it's, which is why I'm sort of glad the season has been split into two parts. It will elongate it just just a little bit it'll keep the story in suspense just a little longer um but yeah it's just a different you know we're in just such a different entertainment in general is in a different very very different place and how we how people take in entertainment how they talk about it what they do with it how they react to it is you know is uh it's it's never sort of been like it is right now is there a like a, a, a rule that you don't talk about spoilers with your family or just not talk about spoilers at all with your close friends? Oh, yeah. No, I don't. No, no, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> do they give you the entire season in a script or do you get them one at a time? It varies. Um, what we did always have, which was fantastic, and because of the good spirit and generosity of our showrunner, is that he would sit down with us uh, individually, or if, if he was asked to, and he would go through the arc of the season for you. So even if you didn't have the script in hand, you would have a basic idea of where your character was going. So you could make decisions along the way that would help, you know, foster that storyline. 
What's the responsibility that you feel when you have such a complex character? Meaning, I while watching Ozark, I root for you, and I also don't like you at the same time. And that is, yeah, it, it's happening. That's appropriate. At, yeah, it's happening at different times of the season. Um, so, uh-huh. but I would assume as an actor, you feel a responsibility to maintain the integrity in both of those at the same time. How do you juggle that? It's story first. Whether someone likes me or not, I, I, that's not. I'm not going to make decisions to make an audience like me. I'm the decisions I make are going to be how do I. How do I move the story forward? How do I serve the narrative? How do I make choices that make this uh, viewing experience as potent as possible? And as long as the actions that my character, the actions and reactions that my character has is deeply rooted in the script and in the story and is plausible, you know, I'm just going to go for the strongest choice, whether someone likes the character or not is not is not my concern do you ever get a script or you're kind of told hey the storyline is going to do this and you go man i just do not like that and if you do do you get any say so at all well if it's a storyline that you you don't think you know is going to be fun to do or you know because it's a lot of time when you commit to something um then you just don't do it (laughs) you know Maggie Smith has this fantastic expression, which is when in doubt, don't. And uh, I try to keep that close. Um, And then sometimes you can see something in a story and you see that something is, and just because you have a great story doesn't mean that something's actable. You know, there's also that. So, but if you can see that a story has potential or that, but there's something that's a little missing, you know, you have to sort of feel out the showrunner or the writer and see how they want to work and if they're open to being collaborative or not, or, and just see if it's a good fit. I want to ask you one final question, kind of a, an overview of, of yeah. your role on the show before we get into specifics here. But when it comes to your character and your character's changed a bit over uh, all of the seasons, uh, it's had to uh-huh. based on the story, but are there, what part of your yeah. character do you relate to the most? Fortunately, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, thankfully, I kind of I don't I don't relate to her, which is why she was so fun to play. You know, she's really reactive. She is I mean, I'm not the most mature person on on the planet, believe me, but she is really immature. She's a really immature, reactive, primal person who can feel her power and stomp around in it. Um, and you know, there are hints of, of mental illness in there as well and what form that takes. And, you know, that's just, it's just fun to play. And then I'm sure there are things that are, that are similar that I'm just not seeing, or maybe I'm too close to it, but, um, I I hope there's not that much. (laughs) When I, I'll talk about specifics now. So if you're listening to this and you don't want to hear Uh any specifics from the last season, stop listening to this right now, because I'm going to talk about a few things. You know, I, I felt like, um, it may be a bit of recency bias here, but in the last season when you had to kill or have your brother killed, that was a tough, that's a tough scene to watch. And, and so mm-hmm. that's difficult for me to sit and take in. It's, it's also why I really enjoy the show because it challenges me as someone who's, you know, consuming it as well. But for you, is that just another, was it hard? I guess the basic question is, is it hard to do that scene? You mean the scene in the car? Yeah. The when you're down. right there, because it feels so real. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 
you know, those are, those are scenes that you see in the script and, you know, you have a sense of like where they need to go. And this is where just experience sort of pays off a little bit. You know how to prepare for that. You know how to do it. And then you just let, you just let go and whatever transpires sort of transpires, but it's, yeah. Yeah. Those scenes cost a little bit. Yeah. They do. You you know, when the, when the show started, um, you know, two of your actors, your kids in the show were very young and now they're, they're, yes. they're growing up. And yes. uh, in this season, yeah. I, I'm only a couple episodes into the season, but you know, your son at this point is going to start uh, laundering money himself, but not for you, but he's grown up so much. I mean, to, to, be, <laughs> to be a kid in that show and yeah. to have such a, um, an adult theme to it do, at their youngest do they do they keep yeah. some of the storylines from the kid, or how do they deal with that? Well, yes, I mean, and I always feel, you know, when I'm on the set with a with a child, you know, which a minor is a child, um, I always feel a bit of a responsibility to make sure that they're okay because a set is not a place for a young person. It's it's really not. Adult people are under stress and doing a lot of work, and it's hard work, and it's it's not real life and they're taking cues about how to, how to build relationships in an artificial world. And it can be, there's a reason why, um, you know, child actors have such a hard time, you know, how they tend to have a hard time um, because they're the, the template, the foundation in which they learn social cues is just not a realistic environment. Um, and our kids were, they were both really young and so sweet. And, you know, five years of your life when you're doing, you know, this show is five years from when we started to when we started. For me, is it's a period of time, but it's not a monumental period of time. But for them, you know, it's a monumental period of time. It's a huge part of their, of their lives. And um, it was amazing to watch them, you know, grow both physically. <laughs> I mean, Skylar grew like two feet and emotionally and to watch their skills you know, get better and better and better in front of you. Um, and so there is a real sense of pride that we, I think all of us had for both of them. And, you know, you sort of hope that whatever, you know, I hope that they leave with, you know, a, a solid foundation about how to, how to work responsibly. I got two final questions for you. And um, I know you mm-hmm. won't be able to say too much, but will the finale be, super satisfying for fans i would think so i hope so i don't you know who knows yeah. i don't know and it's such a cliche people might question see it and to be ask. like hooray yeah. people might say it and see it and not like it. i mean i always thought that part of the reason why the game of thrones finale was so um controversial was that people were just furious that the show was ending you know, there's no way to end that show in a satisfactory way because everyone was just pissed off it was ending. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was. I didn't want it to end. So nothing was going to feel good to me. Um, so, you know, I, who knows with things like this? All right. I, 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 have, I have no idea. Final question. You're in one of my favorite three movies of all time, The Truman Show. Uh, I watch yeah. it every year. Just loved you in it. Loved the movie. Um, and so I was just thinking about you in movies. So now that this show is over, have you take, are you doing any movies? Any, have you started any other big projects? I'm going to go to Ireland in, uh, the next few months and go make a, a British indie with Maggie Smith and Kathy Bates. Uh, the title of that film is sort of changing. So I'm not quite sure what, what to call it, but, 
Um, so I'm going to go do that. And then I'm hopeful to go do a few indies after that. And I'll get back to my sort of independent film roots, I think probably for a bit. That's it. You do something huge then you have, then you go and do something that, I mean, cause those are guys, it's so big, but it, does that allow, yeah. it allow you space to go and do a few indies now? Because you have done like the pop popular, you know, mainstream massive show. Sure. Well, you know, and the thing about a television schedule is the great thing about it is that, you know, you work really solidly and really hard for half a year and then you can go do whatever you want to on the downtime during the hiatus. And I was, you know, did a few Broadway plays and I did, a, you know, small parts in a few films here and there. But the but the last season, our last season, you know, was 14 months because of COVID. Wow. So it was a long, it was a long, long time. Um, and we were all so wrecked when it ended. I mean, saying goodbye was traumatic enough, let alone working through a pandemic. Well, I appreciate your time. I'm such a massive fan of you, your work. Ozark. It is my pleasure. Yeah, it's just been great to talk to you. Laura, I hope uh, good luck. Stay safe, stay healthy. And I'm uh, really you. looking forward to the rest of part two when it comes out. Thank you right, so much. Bye, Laura. It's a pleasure. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from San Antonio, Texas. A 35-year-old woman was trying to get popular on TikTok. She's like, what can I do? Let me show these people my lemurs. Shows the lemurs, lemurs, the animals. Yeah, she had yeah. two lemurs in her house. Only problem is you're not allowed to have lemurs in your house. Mm. Police saw it, oh. and they showed up at her door. Knock, knock, knock. So I wonder how police saw it. Someone must have snitched. Maybe. Because the police aren't They're not patrolling TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> mm, they should. I'm sure they do. Because there's no, a lot of no, stuff going I don't on think, there. I don't think any officers of the precinct are like, okay, you take 4th Street, <laughs> you take TikTok. <laughs> Someone oh. had to snitch. PETA. Maybe. But so then what happens to her? She loses uh, her best friends, her lemurs. Uh, she spent $3,000 on those suckers, but she got arrested for animal cruelty and oh, having... Uh, she's cruel to them. Then. And having the illegal animals in her house. Mm. Wow. Are we sure she was cruel to them? Or do you just get well, that charge think, if you well, have that I think it's a charge because they're not supposed to be caged up in someone's house. Okay. That's why I let mine run free. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Here they come. Knock, knock, knock. All right. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. <laughs> Exercising just 10 minutes a day could save your life. Once I get started exercising, I'm okay to do it. The hardest part is just getting up there to do it or driving somewhere to do it. And I hate doing it. And I don't want you to hear me and think, well, he likes to exercise. I hate it. That's the worst. I'm always annoyed when people go, I love exercising. I love to get in that room and get my sweat on and get my stretch on and, (laughs) you know, really push my, I hate it. And the hardest thing for me to do is just get there to do it. And once I'm there, I go, okay, I'm here. I might as well suck it up and get it over with. But I, I'm like you. If you're listening, I don't like it. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't particularly enjoy it. But, yes, I feel so much better after and know it's good for me. A new study published says 10 minutes a day could be life-saving, that 110,000 deaths could be prevented if people over 40 just included 10 minutes of moderate to vigorous physical, physical activity in their daily routine. And I could probably, like, walk upstairs and stuff, but I don't. I never take that option. You- Stairs. Who takes stairs in 2022? Oh, there's an escalator. We're taking that, right? Yeah, or, or <laughs> you guys mind carrying me up? <laughs> uh, we're done. That's it. Have a great weekend. We will see you Monday on Monday's show. We have Chris Stapleton and Jimmy Allen. Big show. See you guys then. Bobby Bones. The Bobby Bones Show.